there you are, looking at your collection of games, feeling pretty damn good about it. You pretty much got a game for all occasions. A lot of genres represented, any player number, a myriad of different themes, and you don't think you ever need anything else. Then you see it. That one game you didn't know how you missed before. It's glorious. The diamond in the rough that will fill out and complete your collection. This is the last game you need. So you get it. And you're feeling pretty damn good about it. Ah, now your collection's complete. Then you see it. That one game you didn't know how you missed before. It's glorious. The diamond in the rough that will fill out and complete your collection. This is the last game you need. So you get it. And you're feeling pretty damn good about it. Ah, now your collection is complete. Then you see it. That one game that you didn't know how you missed before. It's glorious. The diamond in the rough that will fill out and complete your collection. This is the last game you need. So you get it. And you're feeling pretty damn good about it. Ah, now, now your collection is complete. Then you see it. And it's this I want to talk about in our latest Gamecasters Adjacent episode, Collection Bloat. Natalie, Jeff, and Ryan are the Gamecasters, and they do a board game show, inboxes, and notes, and games, and top five lists, and sometimes there's fart jokes. When you just get into the hobby, you're brand new, all you want is everything. You play a game, you haven't seen it before, and you feel like your entire world has just opened up to you. And there's just infinite possibilities of great and fantastic games out there to try. And so at the beginning, every time you play something new, you want to go out and buy them all. And you do. You play them all, and then you buy them all. Uh, and then it becomes part of the hobby as a board gamer to start amassing and acquiring games. And it's great. It feels great. It feels kind of cool to be like, I'm the game guy in my group, right? Everybody knows me as the game person. They come over, they look at my collection, and they're like, how can you possibly have this many? And it's like a beacon of pride. It's like a badge of honor that you wear. Well, if you're like me, after a long time, after time, I mean, it's been like a decade now that I've been in the hobby. Actually, a decade plus since I've been in the hobby. Gosh, oh my gosh, it's 15 years, I think. And what I have found is that as my collection has grown, the amount of times that I've spent playing games I love has gone down. It's, it's, it's an inverse relationship. The amount of games I own, as it escalates, I play the ones I truly love way, way, way less. And there's a rare chase there. Um, there's this model that some people hate called collectible card games, like Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, and now the new one that I can't wait to get into, Star Wars Unlimited. How did I not mention Star Wars Destiny, by the way? Anyway, this model people fucking hate because what you're doing is you're rare chasing. You're buying packs, trying to get these rare, valuable cards, and the company needs you to spend more and more money to get more and more of these so you can remain competitive in the scene. And they keep putting out set after set. And if you want to remain competitive and you want to be on the forefront and get the best stuff, you got to spend the money and get it. I hated that. It seems predatory by these companies, doesn't it? It seems like they're just doing this to get your money, and they are. And it's a good model because it works. Look at Magic. Magic is the sole reason that most board game FLGSs stay afloat, right? Most people, when they go to an FLGS, they go there for Magic, which is a CCG that just fucking runs people's lives, okay? 
So my comparison here is I submit that that is what the typical board game collector is like. We are constantly rare chasing. And instead of trying to get the next card, we're looking for the next game. You all have had a feeling at the beginning of the hobby when you got this beautiful game that made you feel ways that you never felt about any other game before. For me, that feeling started with Carcassonne. And once I played Carcassonne for the first time, something chemically happened inside my body that said, I need more of that, that feeling. I want to chase that feeling. It's like the first time I ever had an orgasm and I just keep doing it since. And it, well, that feels just as good. But I was chasing Carcassonne for years. And then I played Star Wars Destiny. And that became, that's pretty meta, a CCG of the CCG hobby. That became the next feeling I had to chase. And I submit that that is what all of us are doing who collect tons and tons of games. We are just chasing the feeling that one of our great games made us feel like back in the day. And we just think the next game, this next game, this is the one that's going to make me feel that way again. And I'm not saying that every other game that we play and buy doesn't make you feel any sort of way. This is mostly just a thought that I had passing in passing, and I wanted to share in an adjacent episode because I wonder if other people have this feeling as well. Our collection, when I say our, I mean uh, Natalie and me, it ballooned up to, gosh, 500, 600 games, which to some is probably modest. To others, it's ridiculous. To us, it was borderline compulsive in the same way I think a collectible card game is compulsive. There is so much out there to consume in the board gaming space, and we as a podcast are responsible for some of this, to be honest with it, with you, right? We talk about the games that are super popular, that are super fun. We make them sound super fun. So then you go out and you're like, oh, I got to get that game now. I got to get that same dopamine hit that Ryan, Jeff, and Natalie got. Ah, it's going to feel great. And then sometimes we're wrong and we kind of cheated you out of some money, you feel like. Other times you're like, fuck yeah, that was great. I just want the next one now. Give me the next one. Give me the next one. Give me the next one. New games come out. and We're like, oh, the new set's out. I got to go grab that. I can't wait to get that. Well, what I have been doing recently is I don't know if I just I became like ancillarily aware of it or not, but I think the desi- the overall desire for me to play games locked up some years ago when my dad passed away and it kind of sputtered a lot. And it's been coming back a little bit more. But one thing that has really helped me and my desire for gaming to come back is to stop this collectible card game format of buying board games. Stopping that. Not backing every Kickstarter. Not going to the game store and buying the newest game I see. Not seeing a review from somebody that reviews a game and then going out and get it immediately. For a while, I was probably buying a game a week. Or I'd back a game a week. I feel like I was backing Kickstarters constantly. I'd have like five going at once. And then more than that, the Upkeep Games, FLGS, they have a consignment program. And I am somebody who loves moving games out of my collection when they don't hit for me. And so the consignment program that Upkeep has allows me to go and sell a bunch of games and get store credit. Now, I know that probably just feeds the addiction. But my point here is I'm selling a bunch of games and I'm not reacquiring at the rate that I was before. So our collection has significantly reduced and The byproduct of that, that Natalie and I have found, is it has kind of cleared our headspace in a way that the fog is kind of lifted from us. And now what we're finding is we want to play games a little more because we're not as overwhelmed by indecision and choice that 
plagued us. We had a, a shelf of shame list that was like 30 games. And again, some people are, would probably laugh at that. Oh my God, mine's 50 to 60. But that shelf of shame sucked because we constantly felt like overwhelmed, this overwhelming feeling of, A, we got to get this shelf of shame cleared. We have all these games that we purchased and we're not playing them. And so that feels like a bad investment. So we got to play these games. But by doing that, Sturgeon's Law applies, right? By doing that, 90% of that is, is not going to be that good. And we're not spending our time playing the games that we know we love. And so it was this horrible cycle that we were in that never felt good, you know, especially to Natalie. Natalie always wanted to play Castles of Burgundy or Obsession or, you know, one of her favorite games, Underwater City, something like that. We were always kind of like, yeah, but we got we have a bunch of new games that we haven't played that we got to talk about and get played. And it became work. And without realizing it, it became not fun. That feeling of I got to get the newest game. I got to play the newest game. I got to chase that feeling that I had playing Star Wars Destiny. I'm not getting that back and it's driving me crazy. And maybe this game will do it. Maybe that game will do it. Maybe this game will do it. Acquire, 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 acquire. Look at all the buzz this game's gotten. Wow, this looks awesome. Look at the artwork here. Look at the theme there. This is great. Only an hour to play a 4X game. I can't wait. I got to do it right now. And it just fucking ruined us, that feeling. And so we stepped out of it somehow, almost kind of like cold turkey. Because it was ruining our love of gaming, what we love about gaming, which is I'm excited to play a game that I love. And lately we've been doing that. And it has really, really helped us. And when I say it, I mean selling off a ton of our collection. And and how did that happen? The dead weight is kind of what I'm talking about getting rid of. Um, Sam McMeeple's account, Don't Play an 8, was what his name was. And we incorrectly guessed the reasoning for that as, oh, he doesn't want to play games that are less than an 8, that he would rate less than an 8 out of 10. That was wrong. But that's where I want to be in my gaming journey for the rest of it, however long my gaming journey remains. That's where I want to be. I want to not play an 8. So there were a ton of games in my collection that I liked. I really liked. They never seemed like they were bad enough to leave the collection. An example is Barcelona. Barcelona is a game. I played that and I was like, this is a really good game. It was really good. Natalie thought it was good. There's nothing wrong with the game, but it didn't sing to us the way it does to a lot of you. It didn't sing to us the way our favorite games do, but I held on to it for a while because I was like, well, there's really no reason to get rid of it, but that's the wrong way to look at it. The way to look at it is there's no reason to keep it because it was not a game that excited either of us. And we both knew that in our heart of hearts that while we were playing that, this wasn't a game that like, we weren't like, wow, I can't wait to try this again. We were just kind of like, okay, yeah, that was pretty good. And we put it away and we were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, okay, I like it. Cool. But it wasn't an eight for me. And so we kind of had that realization together, Natalie and I. We were like, you know what? I could probably get rid of half of my collection or more to that and not care. And so we did. And now our collection is a manageable size relative to what it used to be. It is much more condensed. And I, would, I think I would even condense it even more. And we are having so much more fun with the games that we love because that's really all that's left. All that's left are the games that we fucking love. And so now when we come down to the game table, we're looking at the shelf of shame. It was like 30, 40 games. It's one now. There's one on it. And so we'll probably play that at some point. And then we don't have to feel like, okay, all we're playing is new games that may or may not be very good, that may or may not give me that high. And so the key for me is I, I luckily somehow saw through the haze of this rare chasing and decided I don't want to do that anymore. I don't have 
the unquenchable thirst that I did a few years ago. Board gaming is still the number one hobby that I that I love. I was talking with Plurpy about this, and wisely put, as he typically wisely puts things into perspective, he said something I very, very much agree with, where he said, board gaming is still the number one hobby. Nothing has come along since I've been obsessed with board gaming that has made me more obsessed. And I would agree with that completely. Board gaming is still the number one hobby in my life. Nothing has, nothing since the, in the last 15 years, holy shit, nothing has come along that has been like, oh my God, I want to just do this now. So I still very much love board games. However, I don't have the necessary desire to get the very next thing right now. Get that next game. Oh, what's this? Oh, I got to have that. Got to get that. Got to get that. Got to get. And that has helped me see the light. I'm like a board game evangelist now. Where I'm like, come over to my side, join me, I'll save you, let me save you. If you are feeling overwhelmed with your collection, it is okay to get rid of some of it. Sometimes I feel like people feel like, I, I can't. There's going to be a situation 30 years from now when I have eight people enough that they want to play this game that you have to have the same eight people to play over and over and over. It's going to happen one day. No, it isn't, probably. It's all that fucking wood that you keep in your garage that you think you might use one day. You're not going to use it. You're not going to play these fucking games. Let them go. Get them out of your life. And I promise you what will happen, what you will notice happen is that you will not feel as overwhelmed. I'm saying this like it will definitely happen. This is what has worked for me. This is what this is the journey that I've gone through. 15 years into the hobby, this is where I'm at right now. And I feel like I see the light. I just know that this can help you as well. So while it is really fun to rare chase, it's really fun in the moment. There can definitely come a point where you get exhausted by it. And I think don't fucking play an eight. Get rid of the games that you like, don't love. We always talk about on this show, it's good, not great. Those should probably be gone from your collection always. Never keep a good, not great game. But I would go one step further and don't keep like really like not love unless you love it. Even if the game is better than good, not great. If you don't love it, get rid of it. it. You don't need it. If you regret it, you can buy a game back. But let me tell you this. My collection currently sits at 218. Whoa. To some people, that's ridiculous. But hey, I got a board game podcast, been in the hobby 15 years. No, that's nothing comparatively to what it was. And I would say a large chunk of this 218 are very tiny, little, stupid, little card games. So a lot of the collection is that. So I would say big box games, I probably have 100, 120. And I think I could cut it down even more. I think I want to. Natalie and I, we probably reasonably would play games once a week on a bad, on a bad, whatever week, probably once every two weeks. And so I want to spend that time playing the games I love. And so do you. You don't want to you don't want to play the rare chases. Play the grouping of cards that you made you fall in love with that CCG at the beginning. What wrapped you up and got you up in it. Don't play the I got to get the new thing. I got to build the new deck. Got to make the best play. No, just play the stuff that you fucking love. And I swear you will be happy. My previously owned is 1118. Of that number, the amount of regret I have is less than 1%. I went through. I did the math. It was, it's less than 1% where I basically looked and I was like, yeah, I think I would, I would buy that back maybe. I think I liked that enough that I would buy it again. My point there is if you have a shit fucking ton of games in your collection, you're like, gosh, I need space. Like this, Yeah, this looks cool. Let them go. You might find that you play so much more and you love the hobby again like you didn't think you could. 
you might find like your Adam Sandler in Click after he realizes that he's just been on autoplay for years. It could, bre- it could be a way to breathe new appreciation and love into the hobby. Collection bloat can really bum you out. So trim it up, get on a diet, and maybe you'll have a lot more fun. Thanks for listening. I am Ryan. You've been listening to The Gamecasters, and I will talk to you next time.